Hi-ho, Sox fans. This is Year of the Hamster, welcoming you to another edition of our Southside Sox podcast. Today, we're nerding out with details master, writer Darren Black, who has, by the way, managed to preview every team in the White Sox system. Our own rowdy raconteur and podcast host, Matthew Smith, checks in with Darren on what we can expect down on the farm. Take it away, Matthew. Welcome back, Southside Sox fans. Year of the Hamster is, in fact, correct. Today, we are going to be breaking down the White Sox minor league system. And as she mentioned, Darren really, really does a great job. He takes a sabermetric turn. He also hints on some prospects that we haven't heard about before. So we're going to dive from all the way down in Kannapolis up to the major leagues and talk about some of the major prospects that are moving up in our system. A lot of fans requested this via social media, and we wanted to meet your requests with our third episode here. We are now available on the Apple Music and Google Play Store, and also on SoundCloud, so wherever you'd like to get your podcasts, you can have them. And also let us know if there are any other spots that you'd like to hear the Southside Sox podcast on. Unfortunately, there aren't too many thrilling details to touch upon for the current White Sox as they've dropped four straight, including two to the Tampa Bay Rays, who are one of the worst teams of baseball, honestly. So hopefully we're not put in that category. And as the weather starts to heat up in Chicago, so will the bats and so will the arms. But that's why we're here to bring you a minor league update, because that's where the exciting Sox talk's going on. Let's jump right into it. Here is my conversation with Darren Black, the contributor for the Southside Sox and our minor league expert. We're welcoming aboard Darren Black to the show today. You guys may know him as Darren Jackson on uh, Southside Sox. He's a contributor with us. Darren, what are some of your writing focuses? What are what are your overall Sox expertises? Uh, well, so so far I've been diving into the minor league system a lot. Um, I've done the previews for each of the minor league affiliates so far. Um, we'll be doing Great Falls in Arizona once their seasons get closer. Um, but yeah, I've been mostly looking at the future of this entire team and hopefully looking at some draft prospects once that draft comes around in June too. Yeah, you've been doing a great job. I've been keeping up with your articles. Uh, how long have you been on board with Southside Sox? Uh, well, I'm one of the new guys. Um, I took over um, the minor league stuff when Brett asked me to. I think it was January, February, something like that. But um, yeah, so I'm a bit of a newbie, but I've learned pretty quickly, I think. Have you been a Sox fan your whole life? <laughs> Definitely. Everyone's Everyone in my family is from the South Side, so not really many options after that. My dad says the same thing all the time. Uh, he was born on the south side. I was born on the north side, actually, but he always makes the same joke every time. He's like, oh, if Matt wanted to eat, uh, he had to be a Sox fan. So yeah, started same. from an early age. Yeah, same here. With Sox fan, Bears, Bulls, all Chicago. But it's been that's, working out so far. That's the way to do it. Yeah, we're all, we're all in a bit of a rebuilding point right now, the Bulls, Bears, and Sox. Uh, Cubs fans have it good right now, but... Hopefully we'll have a few good Chicago sports teams in the next few years if Trubisky and the Bulls can turn it around in general. Yeah, it's kind of a weird time. Never would ex- would have expected all these three teams to be rebuilding at once. They have such storied franchises, and they're just rebuilding all the time now. 
it's tough to see as a fan, but hopefully it'll pay off at some point. And I'm glad the White Sox finally went down that route since we've been kind of teetering on the rebuilding phase for feels like five or so years now. Yeah, and that's a really a reason why I've gotten into the minor league system is just because Rick Hahn finally got his vision of what needed to be done, and now we're actually seeing it implemented. And it's exciting so far. Not all of it's in the south side right now, but it, just seeing the progress of all these guys have been great. 100%. So wh- why don't we just dive into it then? Let's start from the bottom up, uh, beginning with Canapolis. They're currently sitting at 3-2 and two as of April 10th. Uh, with Jake Berger out for the season, the Intimidators are, for uh, lack of a better term, not too intimidating. Um, but they they have some big prospect names that are still down there. Uh, what should Sox fans watch out for for this Class A squad? Is there anyone that's kind of on your eye so far, caught your eye so far? Well, yeah. Well, what's great about low A ball is that most of these guys were drafted last year or they're international signees who are having their first taste of um, stateside baseball. So everyone's kind of learning on the job right now. Um, So you have like Luis Gonzalez and Evan Skog who are pretty high on the prospect list. Um, But you've got even like Tate Blackman. He's probably the MVP of the season so far. He's batting almost 500. Um, But if we go back... Yeah, he's he's a little he's a little uh, middle infielder. So since Moncada and Anderson have all been around, so we don't really pay much attention okay. to the middle infield anymore. But um, he's really packing a punch early so far. Um, and that double header, I think he got a combined like five six hits in just one day. He's been really 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 good so far. It's great to have your perspective on the the minor league system, just because I feel like a lot of the time we get lost hearing the main names that are being thrown around the MLB or just the top 10 Sox prospects. So we'll definitely look to key in on some of your picks or analysis throughout the year. So thank you for throwing a good name out there early. One of the names I had down, he struggled early so far, was uh, Luis Gonzalez. He's hitting 176 to start the season. It's only been a few games, five so far, so not too much to look into, but I just love that name. Uh, seeing yeah. Luis Gonzalez play for the Diamondbacks back in the day would yeah. be awesome oh, if the White Sox could have a, their own Luis Gonzalez in the future. So I'm looking forward to seeing how he does over the course of the season. Uh, so I guess that was your, your non-top 10 prospect that could surprise us. Do you have anyone else that you want to touch upon? Oh, yeah. Well, if we're sticking with uh, Canapolis, uh, Tyler Johnson, uh, he's a relief pitcher there right now. He's been doing pretty well, hasn't allowed a run. Um, in his career, he's had some walk problems. Uh, last year, his walks per nine were above six, which is not very good wow. for anybody, but especially reliever where you got to deal with um, short sample sizes all the time. But um, he has huge strikeout potential. He just needs to learn how to keep the ball inside the zone. Um, try to get, uh, try to attack hitters more easily instead of looking for that breakout punch all the time. Um, but with him, we talk about the starting pitchers all the time. Uh, when we get to the higher levels, we'll definitely touch on a lot of those guys. But not all of them are going to work out, and not all of them are going to just easily convert to a relief pitcher. So it's nice seeing that the back end of the bullpen might have a future just down on our own farm system. I agree there. I, I've been kind of a proponent of moving Carson Fulmer to the bullpen for a while. I know a lot of people don't agree with that. I think he's going to be a starter for the rest of this year, and we'll see how he does. But I think he would be an excellent reliever or closer. So it's good to see that we have some other guys that are coming up in the system that could be in that bullpen as well. 
yeah, glad that you touched upon a pitcher there. Why don't we move up to uh, class high A? Uh, probably our most loaded team top to bottom. Who's gotten off to a hot start for uh, them so far? Uh, well, Mike Adolfo, definitely. Um, when we heard about his injury in spring training, um, I was pretty down, actually, because he had his breakout season last season after dealing with injuries all throughout his young career. Um, it, it's weird. He's only 21 because he's been with the organization for like three, four, five years. But um, he, he's batting almost 400 so far. Um, he's not walking as much as we'd like, but it's also, what, five games? Um He'll be mm-hmm. primarily DH. Um, I think, if not for the full season, at least for three fourths of it because of uh, his injury. But um, it's nice for him, or it's nice to see him keep getting the barrel on the bat down there. It's really because this out, this minor league outfield that we have is very stacked, especially in Winston Salem. Um, it's nice to see that mm-hmm. um, some of them are getting off to a hot start. It's crazy to think that some of these guys start in the system at 16 years old. Like you mentioned, Micker Adolfo has been around for five or so years now and is barely 20. I'm still a few years older than him. Uh, as an ex-baseball player, it's definitely weird now to be seeing guys that are making a name for themselves in the league that are two, three years younger than myself. But uh, I guess I'm going to have to get used to that as I get older. But uh, Adolfo's a great pick. He's uh, hitting close to 400, as you mentioned. I also had Blake Rutherford down here. He got off to a rough start in his 2017 White Sox campaign, uh, and now he's up over the 375 mark to start the season. And the next, uh, just two of the pitchers I highlighted, Dane Dunning and uh, Dylan Cease, both throwing uh, over 7Ks, 8 for Dunning over a course of five innings, three earned combined for both of them. So... I know Cease has had some trouble with his control, walking a fair amount of people. He hasn't been able to work very late into games, so I'm excited to see over the course of the year if he can go more than four and two-thirds innings and maybe get some six, seven-inning starts in there. Yeah, Dylan Cease, um, I'm not as bullish on him as other people. Um, I have, once the trade went down for Eloy Jimenez and he was tacked on, he was kind of an afterthought because Eloy is such a great prospect. But um, he quickly caught on. You see those high strikeout numbers, um, but you just don't really see him going deep into games. Um, I know starting pitching is moving towards an era where getting five innings is okay. I'm still not on board with yep. that. I still <laughs> think that you need to get six, seven innings out of your starter. A start, obviously, if they're not doing well, you got to pull them. But Dylan Cease was in that I think he went four and two thirds and had a breakdown in the fourth and what I've just noticed is that like any other pitcher the third time around in the uh, lineup is really troublesome but it's especially troublesome for him so I I think he's going to end up being a bullpen piece um, just because of the sheer number of starters we have Um, but he he has the stuff to be probably the best pitcher in this in this organization it's just he can't pull it all together for a full game so I think the bullpen would be a nice fit for him interesting that you're not bullish on him I feel like a lot of Sox fans are but that definitely makes a lot of sense given his control issues and inability to go late into games so if he's not your top pitching prospect who would you say uh in our double a Winston Salem dash team who's your uh, top pitching prospect uh it, it's for me it's Dane Dunning um he doesn't have the same issues as Cease he goes long into games um he, his walks really aren't a problem, um, 
where he in when he came to the uh, Winston Salem last season, he his walks did go around three, but that was almost one walk more than any other season. Um, so I don't really find that very concerning. It'll probably go down over the course of this season. Um, he had a great okay. first start. Um, he went six innings. Um, I think he just allowed one run. Um, it was just really impressive overall. I just he he will probably end up in double a maybe really late in the season charlotte this season just because um he should have been in double a this season to start um we're just Mm -hmm. so many starting pitchers in this system so you gotta find a way to put them somewhere um but um, i'm really i've been really impressed with him since he's come over yeah, the Sox system is definitely starting pitcher heavy, and Dunning's one of my guys as well. Just listening to you talk about him and listening to other uh, Sox analysts talk about him, it sounds like he has does an incredible job of spotting his pitches. He works around the plate, is able to spot every pitch in every spot, and um, really keeps hitters on their toes. So I'm excited to see someone like him up there that may not kind of overpower you with like an 100-mile-an-hour fastball but is really working to uh, spot his stuff and make hitters confused up at the plate. Yeah, I'm just looking at his fan grass numbers from last season. He His K per nine was above 10, walks per nine was one for most of the year. Like he, This is a guy that can strike out 200 guys, go 200 innings, and have – an ERA or FIP near three just easily for him. And he's still not, he's not Noah Syndergaard. He's not going to throw a hundred, but he's going to throw 92 and 93 um, to the corners whenever he wants to. And that's still valuable, even though we're looking for hurlers now. Love to see it. Yeah. I just got the MILB TV package. So hopefully I can see him throw a few innings before he's in a Sox uniform. Do you have any other underrated prospects in Winston-Salem? I know we hear most Sox fans talk about Gavin Sheets, Blake Rutherford, Basabe, Cease, etc. Uh, is there anyone that can make the leap to the big leagues that could eventually help us contend that uh, may not be on everybody's radar? Yeah, well, uh, catcher, later on we'll talk about Zach Collins. Um, but at catcher for Winston-Salem is a guy named Yerman Mercedes. Um, he was actually taken in the Rule 5 draft, but um, AAA phase. Uh, so not uh, that's why he's not on the Major League roster, because he wasn't taken okay. in the Major League phase. But um, he's in his minor league career, he's a career 302 hitter. Um, he's also moving over to first base as well, so he's not like any other catcher in our system. It feels like he's not that great defensively, but um, he can barrel up the bat whenever he wants to. Uh, last season, when he was with Baltimore, he hit 20 home runs um, in his minor league, and that's, I mean, that's impressive, impressive on itself. Um, but he's he's definitely a guy that'll probably get fast tracked because he is a little bit on the older side. He's 25. Um, mm-hmm. Once Zach Collins and Sebi probably move up to AAA, probably June, July, he'll probably move up to AA at that same point. Interesting. Yeah, a 302 average and 20 home runs in a season definitely can't be ignored. So I'm happy. I'm, I'm inviting competition at any level. So even if Zach Collins and Sebi Zavala get pushed a little bit uh, because there's another catcher in the organization, that's that's definitely something I'm, I'm open to. Even if our top guys don't pan out, I just want the, the best competition going on and the best players up in the league. So we touched upon Zach Collins. Let's uh, let's take the seven-hour trip from BB&T Park in Winston-Salem to Regents Field in Birmingham, Alabama. The Barons are off to a 3-2 and two start. Uh, who's impressed you so far at the AA level? 
Oh, the aforementioned Sebi Zavala. Um, I heard Brett talking about him on the first episode with you, and um, he definitely had rave reviews, and I'm just going to kind of spout out more of the same. He's been really, really good since he's gotten here. Um, again, catching doesn't, it seems like a pretty big problem with him. Um, I can see kind of a Kyle Schwarber situation happening here because he's just that good with the bat. Um, but right now he has more walks than strikeouts, five to four, which is always nice. It doesn't matter any kind of level. It's nice seeing that mm -hmm. batter's eye. Um, and I think if you're watching the last game of spring training, um, in Arizona, at least not the one in Charlotte, he had a three run shot there. Um, so you got a little bit of his power potential, uh, but I think he'll be up. I think he'll actually be in the majors before Sebi's of, or before Zach Collins, um, just because Sebi is just a much better hitter than Zach, um, and he could, he's a much better hitter on the he's much better at hitting lefties than Zach, because Zach is a lefty. Uh, but that's he. I think by 2020 we'll be seeing Sebi Zavala and Zach Collins as our platoon catchers. It's a little tough to hear that most of our top catching prospects aren't actually that talented at catching defensively. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, that's why Wellington Castillo was signed. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. But yeah, if they could get it done with the bat, um, we could definitely find a place for them somewhere in the field. So I'm excited to see what Sebi can do. The guy I had down was Jameson Fisher. Uh, I've had my eye on him for a while. He's number 25 in the Sox system. He's not too high up on that list, but over the course of the three years he's been in the minor leagues, he's hitting 274 and just been an all-around solid player. So I'd like to see him be successful over the course of the next few years and maybe throw his hat in the ring of outfielders that could be uh, on the 2019-2020 roster. So I'm glad you threw out a catcher, I threw out an outfielder. So those are some guys that have impressed early on, but someone who's not impressed we've talked about already Zach Collins he's off to a little bit of a rough start in 2018 one for 11 at the plate and as the host of this podcast I got to play the role of the skeptic every once in a while it's now his third season he's hitting 226 over the course of his career his power numbers and walk numbers are impressive he's up towards uh, 376 with his on-base percentage so with a batting average that low to be 150 points higher in OBP he's definitely seeing the the plate well should we be worried about his bat though um, his average hasn't gotten up there the walk numbers are there as I've mentioned but should we be worried about his bat uh, well, I, I don't think you need to be worried about it as much. Um, I do enjoy a, like a nice contact hitter, um, but when you're hitting 220, 230 as he's been with the power he has, um, and even the on-base percentage, I, I'm going to take that. Um, just looking at his weighted runs created, um, last season when he was with uh, Winston-Salem, he batted 223 but still had a weighted runs created of 130. Um, so that means he was better than 30% of the league, 30% above average. Um, so even with that uh, kind of poor batting average, he still is getting enough power with it and still getting on base enough to really um, help his team out. Um, now, again, like the rest of the catchers, he has defensive problems, but they've actually improved um, by all accounts. He's been working on that a lot. So I know when the whole thing when Shohei Otani was coming over. It looks ridiculous now, but some people were complaining um, if he's going to concentrate on both, he's not going to be good at either. Well, maybe this is Zach Collins concentrating too much on defense, and he's not really concentrating so much on the bat. But um, 
it was his bat was what got him drafted um, in the first round in 2016. So I think that's going to come around eventually. That's a good point there, comparing him to Otani, who's been incredible over the course of yeah. the last week. Just it's watching been him ridiculous. has been yeah, both sides of the plate, just the fact that he's taking a day off, hitting for three days straight, hits three home runs, takes another day off, and then comes back and throws almost a no-hitter I think he had through six and two-thirds. Uh, it doesn't get much better than that. But thank you for taking a sabermetric turn there. I tend to get blinded by some of the, the main baseball stats that we look at, per se, average or power numbers. But I'm glad that you you threw that stat in there saying that he's uh, 30% more efficient at creating runs, you said, than other players in AA? Yeah, uh, the stat weighted runs created, um, that was when he was with Winston-Salem. And so 100 is usually average. So if you're above or below that, you can see if you're above or below average. Perfect. Well, thank you for taking that turn. Is there anyone else that you want to add for the AA team that you've you've noticed over the course of this year or have been following for the last couple of years? Uh, well, on AA, um, I've been mostly Spencer Adams. He's kind of a part of the old guard of minor league prospects. He would have been top five in 2015, yeah. 2014. Um, so not many of us were concentrating on prospects then, but he's been around in the system for a while. Um, he's 21 or 22 right now so he's a bit on the younger side um he's also like dane dunning not gonna blow by you at 95 96 um he didn't have a great start uh his first the season with birmingham i think he went five innings allowed four runs um but he didn't walk anybody and that's who he is he's not gonna walk anybody Uh, i think we all remember mark burley very well he's (laughs) kind of got a little bit of that to him now he throws 93 so burley kind of be jealous of that (laughs) <laughs> but um, he still can throw it wherever he wants to, whenever he wants to. Um, and that's, I, I still, maybe I'm a little bit old school in that kind of a sense. But um, he's he's a has a real good uh, fastball, even though it's uh, low 90s. But um, I think he's a dark horse to get into that uh, major league starting rotation, maybe a fourth or fifth starter just to eat those innings. Southside Sox fans will be salivating over a Mark Burley reference. So I'm glad we got one of those in for our prospects early on. But yeah, this this uh, minor league system of pitchers is just chock full of talent. So I'm, I'm excited to see who kind of jumps into the main role and who ends up being in our five-man rotation, whether it's one of the top guys we've been hearing about or some of the older on uh, Sox prospects. There's not that many old guards left anymore just because, um, or well, with all those Todd Frazier kind of deals, traded them all of away. Um, but um, it's been real exciting so far. I think the pitching staff is definitely something to be excited about. Um, I know building a minor league system around pitching hasn't really worked out a ton in New York so far. They did get a World Series appearance out of it, but with injuries and all that kind of derailed them. But I think that's kind of what Rick Hahn is going for really bolster up that starting rotation and bullpen and figuring it out later on the uh, hitting side of the ball. Hopefully he can make some trades later on if we need to uh, when it comes down to things, just because being a Sox fan in the past, we've always needed that one extra piece or back in the Kenny Williams days, it just seemed like we never really were willing to do that extra thing to push the Sox over the edge. 
I think Han's going to be fully invested in this rebuild. I don't think he wants to mess this up. He doesn't want to, he has a great thing going and he's seen what Theo Epstein did in Chicago and everybody hates when I compare things to the Cubs, but they, they really perfected the rebuild and Theo himself did it in Boston and then comes over to Chicago and does the exact same thing. So I'm sure Han wants to follow in his footsteps and bring another championship to Chicago, which with a chock full uh, minor league pitching system, he may have to do that on the hitting side when it comes to trades later on. Yeah, that's what I think. Because um, whenever you think of the Cubs, you think of Theo Epstein, uh, sometimes Jed Hoyer, but it's mostly Theo. So I think that's kind of how Rick, Harn's, Rick Hahn will be regarded as. Um, obviously, I believe the Sox will win a World Series in the next few years. Um, hopefully. But, yeah, hopefully. But um, I think Rick Hahn's going to be on the same pedestal Theo will be pretty soon because this is all because Chris Sale and Jose Quintana were able to get the packages they were able to get because of the contracts mm-hmm. Rick Hahn gave them. And that's really bolstered up our system quickly, and I think it's paying off dividends so far. Would you be content with trading Jose Abreu or Avisail Garcia if the if the package suited it, or do you want to keep some of those core hitters around? Um, the Jose Abreu, I think needs to be traded sooner than later i'm on that kind of a ship um just because he's older and he's more money on the books um but i mean they still have till the off season to trade both of those guys avi and jose but i am in favor of trading both i think you gotta try to find value wherever you can um obviously al garcia is a great average hitter um uh, batting average hitter but i I still don't really understand how he's never hit 20 home runs. It kind of seems yeah. weird for his build. Um, and Jose is just as consistent as consistent as can be. And I feel like a team like the Yankees eventually will see that and see that he's still relatively cheap enough that they can put him on their team. I Yeah, from my perspective, I'd be fine with trading Avi. For some reason, I'm still just kind of not keen on trading Abreu at any point. I think that every team kind of needs their staple player or their guy that's kind of been there forever. Uh, the Cubs had Anthony Rizzo that kind of grew up with the team when they lost over 100 games and then is still around now with the kind of rebuilt Cubs. So I'd be happy to see Abreu stick around and be that guy for the White Sox. And funny that he's also a first baseman as well. Let's get back to talking about the minor leagues, though. We we kind of jump back to the majors there for a second. We've been cruising through. Let's go at the the last stop here before players arrive at Chicago, the Charlotte Knights. Where else would we possibly start? We've got Michael Kopech yesterday, four innings, two hits, zero earned, eight Ks, two Ks an inning. Could you get any better than that? Could we just put a Sox jersey on this guy already? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't look like AAA is challenging him very much. Um, I was looking at those videos on Twitter of, obviously we all know it as fastball, but that slider looked very good. Um, I think he's going to, I don't know when his Super 2 status uh, will, um, when that deadline is, but he's not going to come up before then, but I think it's in this month. Um, There's a possibility he could come up in May if he continues this. Obviously they'll need to try to get him up to six innings at least instead of the four. Um, but he, yep. he looked outstanding. There, there really is no reason he shouldn't be on this team um, right now, talent-wise. Um, financially, we understand the reasons why he's not, um, but he's he's ready, I think. 
Yeah, you definitely have to wait until that service time threshold in order to bring him up. We want to have control over him as long as possible. But if we pass that moment and it's he's just tearing up the minor leagues, he may just push Rick Hahn's hand and force uh, a move up to the major leagues. If he's going through and pitching every game similar to how he threw the first game, as you mentioned, it was only four innings. He threw 77 pitches, so we got to kind of get those control uh, numbers down, have him walk less than two guys, and then um, see where he could go from there. But if he's pitching like this for the next month and a half, it'll be tough for Rick Hahn to even justify why we're keeping him down there. Well, yeah, just imagine this. You see Miguel Gonzalez DL, and then you see Dylan Covey purchased from Charlotte Knights. I don't oh, think very gosh. many Sox fans will be happy about that. Exactly, yeah. If it comes May, June, and he's tearing up the minors and we're not seeing him come up to the league, I'm going to be very upset about it. And myself, I may take a trip out there to see his first game. That, that'll that be something that'll be remembered for years to come. Yeah, I remember they got a little bump when Yohan Moncada's first game came around. I couldn't expect the numbers to be at least double that with this. Agreed, definitely. So if the injury bug hits the Sox, who's your first guy to come up? Obviously, this would be dependent on position, but is it going to be a guy like Ryan Cordell, Daniel Polka, Matt Skoll? Who do you see having the potential to come up and, and fit into the organization if maybe there's an injury or someone's struggling early on? Oh, yeah. I think um, I think there's there's any questions about any major league guys struggling. It'd be your typical um, Davidson, Delmonico, or Angle. So um, just off of that, I think Ryan Cordell would be probably the first guy called up. Um, he's not doing so well right now, but um, this is the first real game action he's gotten that's mattered since he um, had his season ending, or his season ended early because of injury last season. Um, but I think he will definitely be considered. Char- Charlie Tilson, I, I only see oh, him coming up if... Um, if Angle is really doing terrible or if Angle gets hurt because he is primarily a center fielder, so I think they kind of want to keep him on that path because um, he's he's been brittle, like, to use another Bears reference, he's been brittle like Kevin White recently. <laughs> oh, um, gosh. So you got to be careful with him. Um, but I also really like Casey Gillespie. He's been doing well. Um, Connor, he's Connor's Gillespie's brother. Um, they got him from Tampa Bay, and he's... Power numbers really aren't there yet, but again, it's four games. But um, I think either of those three are definitely deserving, and we probably will see them on the south side eventually. All great picks. Charlie Tilson was supposed to be our starting center fielder last year until he got derailed by injuries. So it would be interesting to see him get some opportunities. Uh, I hate the Kevin White reference. Just looking at his stats the other day, I think it's been three years now that he's been in the league and he's played four games. Uh, Doesn't really equate incredibly well to what you'd love to see so I'm, I'm almost ready to give up on him but this is the Sox talk podcast we won't go too far into the bears i could talk about the bears forever and and in not a lot of positive ways but uh last question not just charlotte now i'm gonna put you on the spot it's 2023 the Sox are competing for another division title they got a world series appearance maybe a title under their belt first since 05 Sox fans are super excited Who's everybody talking about? Who's who's the main guy? Who's your bold prediction for uh, Sox, pot, uh, Sox prospect that really gets it done over the next couple of years? Oh, yeah. You, well, you know why the minor league system is so interesting now is because 
you can really give five, maybe even ten different players, um, and you'd still everyone would understand uh, each and all those cases. <laughs> yep. Uh, Luis Robert hasn't even played a game in the states, and we he's we're already regarding him as the next coming of like Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, Alec Hansen has looked great so far. Michael Kopech already talked about he's looked great. Uh, but I think the best one out of all of them, the guy who's going to be the superstar, um, Eloy Jimenez. He, he is he had, I think, seven at-bats in spring training, went four for seven and two home runs. Yeah, I think... Just looked phenomenal. Yeah. He, he looked like he was basically saying... Look, I'm MLB ready. I know how this whole thing works. I know I'm going to have to go down to the minors, but I'm just going to show you guys that I can hit major league pitching and I'm going to look incredible doing it. And it, it was exciting to watch. Yeah, he is. He's just unbelievable. And he loves the spotlight, too. I've, I think I follow him on Instagram um, and his I am the best. Uh, that thing that was going around was great. <laughs> um, I saw him at Sox Fest. That was a nice experience, but he's been. He's been amazing. I think he just got done with an extended spring training game, so we should be seeing him in Birmingham not um, not soon, maybe in a couple weeks or two. That casual confidence, I think, has been slowly more accepted by fans. Actually, I wouldn't even call it casual. It's, it's very outgoing confidence. But guys like LeBron just going out there and saying, I'm the best, that used to be incredibly cocky I mean it's still I guess it is but a lot of people are kind of warming up to it a little bit more so I'm very bullish on Eloy Jimenez and hearing him go out there and say I'm the best and I'd love to see him do it he's he hasn't proved us wrong in any other facet he came up against the Cubs and said why'd you guys trade me hit one to the right center gap and uh, the rest was history for that start but I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do yeah, he, he's a special guy at the plate. Um, I think if Rick Hahn really wanted everything to go his way, I think Eloy Jimenez would be up before Michael Kopech, um, just because I think yep. Eloy is a much more polished hitter than Kopech is a polished pitcher. Um, but I'd, I'd be surprised if we didn't see either of those guys this season. Um, definitely Kopech, just because of his first start, and then Eloy probably after the trade done to, trading deadline. Um, so it should be a very fun August and September on the south side with those two guys. Yeah, today's today's game wasn't the best. Carson Fulmer looked like he needed to be in the bullpen. Um, but yeah, if if the prospects come out come up that I think they will, um, like Eloy and Kopech, I think Jordan Guerrero has a shot, Double A pitcher. Um, this team could look totally different and looking like the 2020 central division champs really early or really late in this season. Love it. Love it. That two headed monster of Kopech and Jimenez. I hope that's something to be reckoned with for the rest of the season or for the rest of this season for the next five, six seasons. Yeah. And they're the top two guys. They deserve the most recognition, but we're still uh, Alec Hansen's a top 50 guy. Dane Dunning's a top 100 guy. Blake Rutherford's a top 100 guy. Luis Robert is a top 25 guy. Uh, Zach Collins is top 100. You've got, at every positions group, you've got a potential star, and that's why this is so exciting for all Sox fans. And when you look at the picture of a rebuild, not just for the White Sox, for any team in general, there are some guys that tend to step up that surprise you. So, when it all comes down to it, it may not be Kopech and Jimenez leading the charge. Of of course, we believe that and hope that, but you never know. It could be Dane Dunning and Blake Rutherford that are the one-two combo. I'm happy either way. 
as long as the White Sox are getting wins. And and they should be pretty. They should be later at this season after once these guys get called up. September those September call ups we saw an above five hundred team last season. It'll it'll be they'll be very good in September with all those forty man guys coming up. Hopefully the White Sox MLB bats currently heat up a little bit. They've been out in the cold in Chicago. I think they they miss that Arizona weather, so hopefully they can pick up. And when we start calling these guys up, they might be playing for a 500 ball club. I don't necessarily believe that's going to be the case, but it would definitely add a little bit more um, jazz to the season. Do you have anything else you want to touch upon for our minor league system before we end the podcast today? Um, well, I, I talked about Eloy's injury um, and how he should be up soon, um, and I think we touched on Alec Hansen, who hasn't started the season yet. Um, he should be coming back soon as well, and then you should see um, that stacked double-A starting rotation, someone be sent up to triple-A. I think it'd be um, either Jordan Stevens or uh, Jordan Guerrero. Both had amazing starts in their first uh, go-around. Um, but um, it's all coming back together soon, so it should be it should be a fun year down on the farm. Awesome! Thanks for that solid wrap up. I'm I have a feeling that Southside Sox fans are gonna really enjoy this podcast. We've seen a lot of people on social media asking for a breakdown of the farm system, the minor leagues. Let us know how everyone's doing, and maybe some surprise people. So we're definitely gonna lean on you for the rest of the year here and there for a podcast if if that's in your wheelhouse. Yeah, of course. It's been great. Uh, Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for joining us. That was an awesome breakdown, and we're looking forward to uh, having you on future episodes. Yeah, of course. Thanks again.